call to order the uh, Peace River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, March the 27th, 2017. Let the record show the meeting started at uh, two minutes after five. Um, Councilors should have an, an agenda in front of them. And uh, administration has advised me that there'll be uh, one walk-on, one addition, and that will be uh, an in-camera item. And I'll be the only one under in-camera, and this is, uh, uh, it's, uh, the reason for it being in-camera, it's under FOIP Division Two exceptions to disclosure. Disclosure that may be harmful to economic and other interests of a public body. Are there is there any other walk-ons that are needed? Any deletions people want to offer? Okay, I'll take a motion to adopt the agenda as amended. I'll move that and like it. Okay, all in favor? Passed. That takes us to the adoption of minutes. Um, Councilors should have read uh, the minutes of the March 17th, March 13th, 2017 regular meeting. Um, are there any corrections, deletions, clarifications that are required? I'll make a motion to accept the uh, minutes as presented. Okay, seeing hearing no objections, all in favor? As passed. Uh, are there any public hearings for Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Excellent. Uh, so we have uh, a couple of presentations, and I'm uh, really honored to. Uh, we have uh, with us today uh, the Honorable Debbie Jabor, <coughs> Deputy Speaker of the uh, of the uh, of the Legislature, and also our most importantly our MLA for this this region. Uh, welcome, Debbie. Thank you. Um, so, Debbie, uh, you're you're really you don't have a presentation. You, you're just here to be answer questions, is that right? If we have questions. Well, it came as a surprise this afternoon. I heard that I was supposed to come make a presentation, which I wasn't really formally planning. But no, I, it's more I wanted to be here. I'm you know happy to answer questions and just I want to have a more regular dialogue as I expressed to you last time we chatted. And I thought this is a good start. You know, I come to the meeting when I can, but not. Close it. Oh, I didn't turn it on. There you go. Do I have to repeat what everything I said? <laughs> no. For the um, yeah, that's fine. But uh, no, I just think it's important that we, we connect as often as we can so I know what's going on in the town and what your concerns are and things that I can take forward. So, mm -hmm. But um, you did send me some quite specific questions you were interested in. So I did uh, scramble and push the department and see, you know, I'm going to get some answers from infrastructure and transportation and health. So I have a few responses. Okay. They're not necessarily what everybody wants to hear. but. <laughs> I think the position. Okay, we're cutting. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you know, when I looked at this budget, I, uh, I thought, yeah, they gave us a bridge last year, so I think they're going to try and ride on that one this year. So it, uh, and I understand. I mean, there's limited money 
they've got a lot of players in the province. Everybody's got their concerns and their issues. And you know, we've got a bridge, and apparently we're also getting a ferry up in the Coot Way. But um, so yeah, I'm not surprised that they're not throwing a lot of extra money our way. But that doesn't mean that we can't keep pushing for next year. Uh, I think this is going to give us a good opportunity to really identify where the priorities are, things that we really want to push for, and then come next budget, I'll say, okay, it's our turn. Let's push. Was, was there uh, an ice bridge at Shaftesbury Ferry this year? It did go in. Oh, it did? I went out there and it wasn't going in. There was oh, okay. So we saved the provincial government some money, so they should have that. You bet. <laughs> <extra dollars. laughs> I'm not sure if the government actually pays for it. The locals used to go build it. So. I'll just okay, give you the responses sure. that I did get from the department on the specific questions, and then we can see if that works for you guys. Because I'm afraid my phone will die and then I won't be able to access these. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, first question was What is the province doing with respect to infrastructure funding for the Peace Regional Recreation Center? So, the response that I got from infrastructure was that the Peace Regional Recreation Center project is not in the capital plan. They didn't, they say infrastructure did not receive a specific request for the project. In budget 2017, nor did we receive an MLA capital plan submission for budget 2017. And again, I think this was a timeline thing that they had set their deadline and we just didn't meet the deadline. One quick little bit. So, uh, generally, the province funds projects like the Peace River Recreational Center through grant programs such as the Community Facility Enhancement Program, or CFEP, which is culture and tourism. So, they don't know what the status is because we didn't talk to culture and tourism. Did you guys put a CFEP grant at all? You must have not. It was through the Rotary, the Rotary program. Okay, okay. So we've got that piece covered, and uh, that's kind of where that's at. Like I said, I think we just have to stay hopeful for next year's budget. So let me find the other questions. The second one was related to. Okay, I'm going to jump to five because that's the one that's here. Uh, restarting and reinvigorating the process for building a new health center. Infrastructure is creating a rural health facility functional design, which will allow us to expedite rural projects. And I think you've heard about that before. I think the government had talked about it. Um, they currently don't have a health center project underway or in planning for Peace River. So that's where that's at. But the functional design is also an option, although I'm not sure that that would be suitable for what's being hoped for here because you guys already have a design and everything that's kind of yeah I, well i um the deputy mayor who is our rep on that particular committee isn't here today she uh she's spending her money in las vegas so um hopefully not the town's money in las vegas but <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i'm not well, what I know is that uh, it has stalled, the process has stalled, and we need to uh, uh, kickstart it. And that's what, that was my understanding, that there's a stall somewhere along the way, and I think that's where government is at too, is that they weren't getting consistent um, messages, maybe, or they just weren't able to kind of get through whatever that stall was. Okay. So Maybe uh, you and I need to get on that committee and get it going. That might help, yeah. Yeah, just kind of find out because it's it's difficult, you know. When you and I know they did meet with the health minister, and they had a full presentation to her, and 
Um, but I don't know where that went and why it is. I gather that it stalled from this end, okay. from what I understand, but I could be wrong. Yeah, we'll have to follow up on that. Yeah, I think we will have to do that. And now on the other ones, it was from, I believe, uh, what funding assistance will be available for the town for mitigation of the 99th Street slide? Transportation has no funding assistance, but that, I didn't get an infrastructure response on that one because it says it's within the town's local road network. Is that the case or is that? Yeah, I, I, technically, yes. Okay. <laughs> I suspect that maybe there is slide funding. I know there's emergency funding, and I think that might be the area that you'll have to look at there. Yeah, we're but trying I'll, to prevent it from. Uh, yeah, we don't want to have to access it when it's uh, the slide has already happened. Well, exactly. Yeah. And again, with respects to, and I'm not finding my infrastructure answer. There we go. Sorry about this, I just got it today and I saw it a little while ago and it's not coming up on my phone now. Hmm. I think basically on the two water questions, what I remember reading is that infrastructure, um, I think they're lacking information because they think we're asking about something that's kind of outside of uh, the government of Alberta's ability. But the response they said with the correctional center is that they've got their own standalone facility, which we know. But that's not what we we're asking. We we're asking, like, you know, is there some some movement forward on this this file that we talked to the minister. Right. So I, I think we all have to dig a little bit deeper on that one. Right. Um, and I think this, uh, Councillor Ford, this was your question, right? Um, yes, it was. Yeah, your question was, what is the action plan with respect to having the various jurisdictions sign off on getting water from the Peace River treatment plant to the Peace River Correctional Center? Yeah. And we uh, know that uh, they right now they have a standalone uh, treatment plant uh, to upgrade that plant to the current standards would probably cost them one to two million dollars and we have a water line that goes by there so we and and certainly we uh, we're keen on uh, supplying not only Peace River Correctional Center but also uh, um, um, extending that water service further on down Shaftesbury Trail and I, uh, I think Councillor Benke had a follow-up question when we discussed this. Uh, what was the plan with respect to infrastructure funding for extending water services down the trail? Uh, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. So and what you're saying is you, uh, they seem to have misinterpreted your question. I, I think so. So I think that uh, yeah, they didn't it. it's something we'll have to dig a little deeper and, and see where that's at. So is the is the water for life program has that been re resurrected? And perhaps under another name? I, I it's, it's I think it's gonna be under another format, changing some of that criteria, but again it's not something I know a lot about at this point. 
Um, I'm kind of in the same, you know, everybody, I, I saw this budget, I saw the plan, and I haven't really had time to dig in and process where everything is going. So I'm getting information little by little. Uh, last week I got a note about some projects that are going on in my constituency, but I'm still waiting on some final things because they didn't really put a lot of specifics in certain things. So I know, you know, they did major funding for water in First Nations communities. So that tells me that, yeah, the water for life concept is still really important and that we're not abandoning that. but. I don't think it's necessarily going to be the same format. And I think we also have some plans, uh, certainly the uh, uh, County of Northern Lights put some money into our water treatment plant yes. so that eventually uh, we could, the, uh, the province would put a line in from, uh, from here to uh, Dixonville and supply water up there. But you, you haven't heard any. I haven't heard anything, and I mean, I know I was there when uh, the county made the presentation to the minister, so, you know, he's aware of it, it's there, it's part of his to-do list, but again, I suspect that we're, um, I think we'll get more information in the next next week or so on where some of this stuff is being directed, and I'll certainly follow up more, get more details on all these specific questions, so, next week, or this week. Um, I also, uh, I, I got a bit of an intel on the Community Facilities Enhancement Program grant. And what we understand about that grant now is that the minister, and I guess that would be Minister Brian Mason. Uh, uh, that would be culture, no, that would be Ricardo Miranda, culture and... Uh, and who's the Minister of Culture? Ricardo Miranda. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I understand they actually, the minister has final say in the grants. So uh, I was certainly hoping that you could bend the minister's ear on, on that. Uh, certainly a big focus for us will be is getting the financing for our, uh, for our community center, recreational complex, and uh, certainly it'll fit in with the uh, government's initiative to uh, create jobs in the, in the region and in the community. Uh, we understand the grant is divided into two sections. One is small funding up to $125,000 and large grants, which we're into. I'm doing now yet. So, so and, and this is where we need, uh, and, and the whole part of this is why we partnered with Rotary is we need to have a non-profit uh, coordinating, coordinating the grant funding. So um, and that, we know that as of right now, the minister has received a total of 200 grants for the small funds and 70 for the large ones. Uh, and they've got a total of $38 million for both streams. And they'll be announcing at the earliest this fund in April. And, um, Mr. Parker told me we we may not quite meet that to prove call. Is that right? Yeah, and, and actually, uh, yeah, they will make the announcements between April and June. The earliest will be in April uh, for the for these funds. Um, but still, there's time to talk to the minister uh, if he's not aware of the importance of some of these projects. And again, this project here, not one provincial dollar has gone into a $24 million project. So it would be probably uh, 
beneficial to try and push that uh, to the minister just to show that uh, the province is contributing in uh, a huge project and it is actually supported by uh, five other communities. Mm -hmm. I should mention that the, uh, just uh, to, so you understand the imperative behind getting a new uh, community recreational complex, the, the current one is, uh, the arena part of it is, essentially falling down and uh, sinking. <laughs> it's sinking and there's cracks in the wall and we have staff going out there on a pretty regular basis ensuring that they they uh, plaster up the cracks to prevent the asbestos from falling out so, oh my goodness. so we'd certainly like yeah. to get going and no absolutely and, and i've got a very good relationship with the minister of culture here as well we speak as often as we can and uh He's very eager to come up north. So I've been kind of looking for opportunities. Uh, you know, some might try to get him to come up to the carnival of St. Isidore, but he wasn't able to make it that weekend. But um, he's, he's ready to visit if we can make it work. And I think that will help, because it always helps when you see a community kind of. You get a date for us, and we'll uh, have a meeting. Perfect. I mean, that's, that's how we got the bridge, right? The premier came up here. So I think we have to work on that, find ways to, to get them up here. And, and uh, I'll do my best. Can I ask a follow-up question on the arena funding? So you had mentioned that it wasn't in the uh, MLA submitted capital plan, and then there was another capital plan. Was it just the department, cap like the department capital plan that it didn't meet? Is that yeah. is that something that we have to resubmit, or is that something that we has been submitted but just wasn't considered for 2017, but would be considered for? Uh, 2018. Yeah, I think that's the way it works. I think it, you don't have to resubmit it because you already put it in there. It just didn't make the, the cut. initial cut for this year. And okay, so it would be sitting in the queue for consideration for 2018. Yes. And when did, I'm assuming those deliberations start fairly soon after the, I, I mean, if it's anything like ours, ours start fairly soon after we mm -hmm. drop our budget. So we start budget. working on the next one, so, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay, absolutely. And at uh, the CFEP funding stream says the deadline October 1st the next application deadline for the large. So if you don't get it in this one, then you could try the October 1st one. But that one I think you do have to resubmit. And I just found, actually, one other question here way at the top. My iPhone combines all the emails that I get, and then I have to dig through and find which one was where, and it's quite irritating. Um, the Shaftesbury Trail question. Yeah, this was. Uh, it says that this is outside of town limits for rural users, so it will be up to the local municipality to determine how water services are provided. And again, this is transportation saying there's no transportation grants and not infrastructure necessarily talking here, but they may consider using MSI funding, which I don't know, you may have already tried to do. Yeah, um, yeah I think perhaps they, they, we, this has been a there's a line out there and we just want to extend it yep. or really the, that municipality would like us to extend it and we, we're just supportive of that initiative. And, and it also missed out on the small communities fund. Uh, they applied for small communities fund and they didn't, get, they didn't get it under that grant program, which was the federal, but was also needed provincial support at that time. So, so uh, and south of South Shaftesbury Estates, is that in uh, Ms. Jabor's writing? Yeah. I think it technically falls on the other side, doesn't it? Yeah. That's over by the jail area, that way? Yeah. yeah, that technically that's outside my boundary. Oh, okay. So I think it's technically. 
but um, we, we can talk with Mark. And, yeah. Well, that's Mark's writing. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's the trouble you got to get the, the federal government and the province to all work together to be able to. That's part of the challenge. Choose they, they want to point fingers and say, well, we'll go talk to those other guys. Going around, <laughs> but again, these are projects that I, I know that we've talked, we've done presentations yeah. to the minister, and you know, and, and don't hesitate, you know, to, to ask me again about things. If you don't hear anything back, I can always just go back and bug them again because things, you know, when they've got as many things going on the go, stuff sometimes just gets kind of put aside, and squeaky wheel works, it really does. <laughs> We're good at that. <laughs> well, that's what I always say up here in the north, there's not as many of us, so we have to be twice as loud. <laughs> offer a microphone to a politician and, and look out here we go so just a quick follow-up Debbie uh, it just to, to build on the medical clinic I, I don't need to replow this but just maybe it might help you a little bit so I suspect the planning stuff is is and I, I wish the deputy mayor were here but I I suspect that the size, the scope, and the location of the clinic is, those have always been the issues. There is a one acre parcel of land, as you know, but uh, I guess all I was going to do was add to the urgency of that discussion that you and the mayor will hopefully have. Uh, so Rotary House, you may or may not have been following that, but if you haven't, the rafters are put up on the weekend. Uh, the walls will be up uh, on the remainder of the building, uh, hopefully this month. And it, it will be open, um, I'm going to say September 1st, but I've been told August 1st. Uh, the reason I mention that, again, we, we've, we, the town, we've always had a vision of the, the West Hill uh, Health Center complex campus area. So you've got a call center, you've got a hospital, um, you've got seniors' apartments, uh, you've now got Rotary House, which can look after locums and visiting doctors and specialists. And wouldn't it be nice to talk about the, the clinic? So. If that piece of history helps you any, uh, a number of years ago, uh, it was a grand project, and of course it's scaled down. Uh, when I say the, the accommodation portion of it was was pulled out, so I wasn't aware or wasn't sure if you knew uh, the status of of Rotary House, but uh, that will happen. And uh, I guess the dream would be to see the the medical clinic uh, follow uh, soon after. Okay. Last time I saw it was just a hole in the ground, so that, that's good news.
Perfect. Thank Thanks. you. I'm off the hot <laughs> <laughs> um, So we have another presentation from our own East River Museum and Archives and McKenzie Center. Is that right? Okay. So the McKenzie Center is, is that the building right beside the uh, Catholic Conference Center? Are, you, are we getting the Catholic Conference Center? <laughs> Do you want the Catholic Conference oh, Center? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> We've I been mean, wanting to put a flag on that building for many years. I know the Pope. Lachlan Lock, <laughs> Minister. <laughs> well, Lachlan Minister went to the, uh, to the uh, separate system board uh, many years ago. Well, many years ago. Oh, okay. Six years ago. And uh, said we would love to have that space. Thank you very much for, for having us. I'd like to also... Just bring your attention to our collections curator, Laura Love, and our archivist, Carson Murphy. And beside me is uh, board member, Dave Walty. And we just wanted to, um, even though the first of spring has passed, it's a year-end presentation. We sent you um, our report much earlier, but then for today's presentation, we just sent out the, um, the year-end numbers. So it's just a, a way of pooling and summarizing some of the highlights of, of the statistics and the events that um, went on during the year 2016. And I know, uh, Your Worship, you had some questions about the numbers. And you're right, they don't add up. <laughs> don't burn um, actually, the number uh, I'd like to be able to say is, is higher, and it is 6,899. So we, we didn't include a couple of, there was a miscalculation uh, or transfer of information from the, um, the Excel spreadsheet where we keep our statistics. Those numbers are accurate. So if you look at 1,100 uh, students uh, either came to the museum or we went to, to the schools or did some um, uh, outreach events with the, um, with the Department of Environment. And then the, um, it's, it's kind of interesting to look at the local visitors and uh, non-resident people, uh, quite similar in numbers. So for us, that's a, that's a real um, accomplishment because we want to have people to keep coming back. We, want, we don't want people saying, oh, I was at the museum you know, a couple of years ago. Well, you missed a lot of exhibits and events. So the idea is to keep the, the local resident returning and regarding the museum and archives. So, so Laura, I think we have some uh, some visitors in the gallery. Do you have any extra of those info sheets? Those are for um, I don't. No. Well, we have one here. We can. Um, you have two. Uh, the color is important. So. Yeah. <laughs> Colors. Oh well, we've got a black and white one here. <laughs> So it's, it's just a way of, um, as I say, summarizing uh, some of the, the highlights. And of course, one of our big highlights that we're very proud of is the, uh, the award that we received from the uh, Provincial Association of uh, Alberta Museums. Um, and our partnerships. If you look at that list of partnerships, we um, again feel really 
proud and um, honored to be able to work with so many different people in the, in the community. So we feel like we are, are becoming an integral part of the community's well-being. And that's, that's our goal through public access and community engagement to remain relevant and sustainable uh, in this uh, new environment that we're in. We're, we're competing for people's uh, interests and um, we, we want to be able to keep that, that conversation going with the community to make sure that we're in fact doing what the community would like to see us do and to make sure that the community sees itself, themselves, reflected back at the museum, both from uh, uh, the diversity of staff as well as the, the exhibits and the events that we put on. So I was able, Laura, to, uh, don't want to interrupt you, but I've talked to some of the partners that you mentioned and they're very, very appreciative of, of uh, being mentioned uh, as prominently as they are. And, uh, and they also, and they said that, I did ask the question, so, so are you a partner in the sense that you you provide monies to the to the museum, and they said, no, but they do a really good job, and we, you know, it wouldn't be out of our, uh, it wouldn't be uh, out of uh, out of um, out of the way if they were to uh, to ask us for. Well, thank you for laying the way for that. <laughs> we'll, we'll follow up. I mean, obviously some of those uh, partners included money, um, Northern Sunrise County, the Running Club, but I think that it, it's not just um, in, a, in a really uh, good relationship, it's reciprocal. So we, we work truly together. So we each have goals that we want to achieve with that partnership and we help each other achieve those goals. Um, you know, with, with Guy Shell and Mary Beanie, um, you know, they want to have more public interface. So the Boreal Forest uh, was a really good opportunity to, to take the, the work of Guy and Leemans into, into another public venue so that, again, they can expand that public audience. So I think it's, it's finding those ways where your partner and yourselves can achieve your strategic goals together. And of course then the winner is the region and the community. So I'm going to pass the mic along to uh, Dave Walty and he's going to just speak. Before Dave speaks, uh, so so we'll have to get our public relations uh, coordinator to change the 6,219 to 6,899. Yes. And that's a, that's a new record, isn't it? Yes, it is. Actually, I was, um, I don't know if Carson was able to calculate it. I just threw it out to him at the end of the day. I was looking at some, going through my files um, in 1992, I think the, um, the visitor stats was uh, 3,200. So I thought, well, what's, what was the population in 1992? Maybe, I don't know, 6,100 maybe, because we haven't had a lot of growth. And, and right at that time, there was there were lots of we had a lot of um, government employees still in Peace River. But then, if you look at the the ratio between that and seven thousand and sixty seven hundred people, um, that that increase actually in nineteen ninety two it was uh, it was roughly sixty seven hundred. 
the same. Yeah, and then yeah, we really? dipped, oh and uh, wow. then we came up, and I, I, just for the record, I'd, I'd like to point out that we are at a high water mark now, mm -hmm. 6,842. Nice, nice. <laughs> so then that's a considerable increase in traffic through the museum, and I think, um, you know, the, the town uh, took full ownership and operation um, in 2003, and of course, Again, that makes a huge difference. It's it's that sustainable funding where you can, in fact, uh, set out long-term goals and hope to achieve them. So we have another long-term goal that we'd like to speak to. Right? Oh, good! I love goals. <laughs> Thought it was just going to be a pretty face today. And Mr. Walty, are we are, are we having this presentation? Uh, now, so that when spring breakup occurs, you can get your fishing rod out and it starts. That's correct. And he didn't use all that fishing line that was. Yeah, that, that, that actually is an interesting factoid that you have. So, how did you use 600 meters of fishing line? Yeah. Hanging, hanging things. And, as, oh. and Graham uh, will probably say, um, don't hang things because they move in the middle of the night. Oh. <laughs> so, we've only had uh, one call up. Well, I just, uh, as a board member, want to bring to your attention uh, an issue, I guess, that we're going to have to face in the near future with the museum. The Canadian uh, Conservation Institute did a survey in 2013 of the museum space facility and, and its capabilities and basically recommended that uh, it's too small, it's uh, too small a space, we need more space for the continued um, programming that the museum provides. And I guess I think it's important to look at what the museum is doing right now to deal with that space because it's all not just we need to build a bigger space, there's things that we can, that can be done and are being done. And uh, you know the main thing is looking at the current collections and looking at what's redundant, what doesn't have a story connected to it, what aren't valuable collective items that we can be accession. So there's a process of looking what we have and making sure it follows our mandate, it's a quality collection. Uh, we can also move things into our education um, um, displays um, material too. So that process is part of this. So that's you know getting rid of things perhaps and creating space. The other things are exhibits and um, creating more exhibit space. Um, so the NAR station is uh, is a new acquisition that is going to be managed by the museum. Uh, there's a plan for two exhibits in there, one this coming year and one the following year. That will help us, you know, deliver collections and keep them in an exhibit space. There's also a plan for the museum or the airport. To, for an exhibit there, and potentially at the Vasco Hall. I'm not sure how far we are along in that. So those are all strategies that the museum's looking at to deal with the space issue. In the long term, we, we have to create more space. We also have storage in the uh, provincial building or the town office here in the basement where there's a, a pile of stuff stored there. That isn't sort of a quality storage uh, area as far as you know temperature and all that type of stuff so anyways that's 
what I wanted to bring to your attention is sort of the strategy and what's being done and that it is an issue that we'll have to deal with in the future. So what you're saying is even even with the NAR station, we're short of space. Yeah. And how much yeah. how many more square feet or square meters do you need? Do you know? Well, like, we have a, a full facility assessment uh, that was done, as, as Dave was saying, in 2013, and there are recommendations for how much linear feet we have in the archive, in the archives collection, and how much expansion space we will need for the artifact collection as well. Um, so I think that you know, having done that facility assessment puts us in line for. Know, sometime down the road, should there be federal or provincial announcements of infrastructure grants, and you need that documentation to prove that, that in fact you are at that stage, um, so that we would be enabled then to take the next step and make an application. So we'll we'll keep that um, certainly within our, our our strategy of moving forward. But you don't have a design, right? Like no. when, the, when the government comes up with money, they're looking for shovel-ready stuff. So yes. maybe that's yeah. something that maybe another in the budget step next year the town forward. should look at mm -hmm. committing some dollars, engineering dollars, to come up with a design. So yeah, I we've um, we actually need to first put this on the capital plan and go through a full analysis and process of what our options are, whether it's acquiring additional space, renovating, um, adding on to the existing facility, utilizing other facilities. We haven't done that process yet, so that would be next prior to design work. Uh, we need to, to make a final decision of what next step we want to focus on, and then we would move into design after So you, you would do that internally, so that could happen? Potentially, year. potentially not, um, depending on uh, components of it. I don't think we'd be able to do some of it internally, plus capacity of internal resources, and we've got them busy on other capital projects right now, but um, potentially consulting, yeah, components of it. But that wasn't even in our budget discussions this year, that wasn't? Race. No, it's not on for this year. No, not for this year at all. No. So if they figured out whether you would add on at the existing, like to me, there's not much space at the existing museum. So unless we expand over into the street, close the street. Hence, why we need to have a discussion of our options, the pros and cons, <laughs> the implications prior to putting Real any investment of dollars. In. Yeah. I think the current digging uh, of the hot the, the water source at the museum has shown just the the sheer complexity of of infrastructure that's under the ground there. So it, it's it's not a good place to to do further <clears throat> expansion. There are just so many um, lines coming in, high high pressure gas, sewer, water. Tell us they're having a difficult time with it. I suggested at the time that they set, sort it all out because we are going to expand one day. It's just you just need better engineers. I guess so. <laughs> no, they can push an LRT line through downtown Edmonton or whatever else. I mean that's, that's, that's not beyond dealing with. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity just to uh, highlight um, last year for your 
Thanks for your time. Well, thank you for coming, uh, Laura. And uh, I really appreciated. Uh, I don't know whether this was your your younger staff that came up with the infographics, but I thought it was very well done. Thank you. Yep. And and I understand you're retiring. <coughs> Is that supposed to be a secret? Well, I'm stepping down from the museum. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> she's retiring. <laughs> well, I, I you'll be, I, I, and I'm sure I speak for everyone on council, you'll be sorely missed. Uh, I'm sure you'll still come and be some volunteer time for us, but uh, uh, I think the fact that you, uh, you, you raised the visitor level from 3,000 to 7,000 uh, speaks volumes as to your, what you've accomplished. Collaborative effort, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, do we have any bylaws, Mr. Parker? We have that, Your Worship. And, and I see there is no unfinished business. That's correct, Your Worship. Uh, that takes us to new business. And what I would actually like to do is do the uh, grants to groups. Who's doing the grants to groups? So uh, perhaps you could go through the grants to groups and we would uh, present them all and, and we'll ask questions after each uh, application and uh, and then uh, we'll uh, after you've presented all the grants to groups we'll we'll entertain motions from the counselors so I think uh, what I read in here was there was a, uh, uh, the, we're starting with item eight, and this is the, the first one was uh, Peace River's Winter Swim Club. That's correct, Your Worship, and um, Mr. Schramm was to uh, present these, but uh, fell ill, so. I'm doing this, and I will admit that I'm not as well versed up on them as, as he was, so I'll try to answer what I can. Um, so the first uh, RFD before Council is from the Peace River Swim Club, um, and is requesting um, monies to cost uh, um, its, its shortfall from the swim meet on January 14th and 15th of 2017. Um, financial information is provided basically um, within their event they had a, a deficit of uh, $2,085 um, and they're requesting $1,586.40 to cover the, the pool rental which will help them uh, offset their deficit. The town was listed as a sponsor and this is um, similar to funding that the town has provided in the past. Okay, so we were listed as a sponsor. Uh, was that because we already, we gave them a, a grants, grants, grant, grants from, from the, this grant program that we have. Is that because they already uh, received dollars out of that? 
So last year they received $1,383. And when, when was that? Like, that's one of the items I... Same time this year. Pardon me? It would be approximately the same time of this year. So they, their um, swim club event is always in the spring, March-ish. Well, it, it said this one's over and done. That's correct. So, so last year we uh, we gave them thirteen hundred dollars. Is that because they ran into deficits again? Was this? I believe they just made an ask last year. So, so when they put us on the sponsorship list this year was wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. <laughs> I guess we'll leave it if, if, if the mayor isn't expressing his question right I guess my question would be this this appears as overpaying twice or am I missing something we, we sponsored and then we're going to be asked so it, it's my understanding last year in 2016 we paid for something similar they, um, they had a shortfall in their event and we paid uh, the rental portion to cover that I'm going to assume that based on what we did in the past prompted you know, since we paid them then, they put us in the sponsorship for the current year to reflect the amount that we gave them the previous year. Um, so, so we, we sponsored them last year, and we did the, the seeing some nod, heads nodding here, okay. Yeah. That's not how I interpreted what I read, but. So how did you interpret it? I, I interpreted that we were paying twice. My interpretation, my interpretation was that we sponsored it and then they came back and were asking for this. But Ms. Bell is saying that this, that is not the case. this was for the 2016 event and this ask is for the 2017 event. Correct. But was the 2016 event after the fact? And it may very well have been, yes. If I recall correctly, and it could have been post, slightly post event or just right on the cusp. Yeah. Okay, so if we did not have a recorded vote on this last year, would I dare ask administration to tell me how I voted? <laughs> I remember you put your hand up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been in Hawaii. Um, okay, Guarantee so. I wasn't there. So any, any other questions on this particular one? So we're going to go through all these first. Yeah. I guess like this is in my own personal way of weighing stuff. Like this is the kind of event where they're bringing people into town that are coming for the event and they stay in hotels and they, they buy gas and they stuff here. That's one of the areas, the criteria I personally put on for benefiting, you know, where, where I see us putting money. The other thing is, is stuff where there is a benefit to the community overall that it's harder for them to raise money money but again it's a fine wishy-washy line that we've never never defined very well okay the next one is uh st james anglican church on behalf of the syrian friends committee yeah so they um they have put in a request for fifteen hundred dollars of of support towards their multicultural event which will be held on april 22nd um, purpose is uh, provide a showcase for cultural groups within peace river and raise funds for 
uh, their Syrians Friends project sponsored through the, uh, the church. Um, provides uh, many multifaceted experience in breadth of uh, cultural heritage that makes up uh, the town and the funds go to the Syrian Refugee Families Project to assist um, with a possible short fund, short fund or seed money to be used towards starting their process again. So the staff um, recommendation on this, there's a couple options. Uh, staff recommendation is to provide $1,500 um, to support the uh, Friends of, for the Syrian Friends Committee fundraiser endeavor. Um, towards their fundraising. Okay, so they they're asking for. So correct me if I'm wrong. So they're, but I'm gonna try and s summarize it in my own words. So they're asking for fifteen hundred dollars to basically start a multicultural event. But any monies that they raise out of that will go to their. Uh, their Syrian refugee resettlement, if I can use that term, resettlement program. That's my interpretation of this, yes. And do, are they expecting uh, outs? So really, but this is in, more or less internal to the community there, and I don't expect you to answer this, and it isn't, uh, I don't think it's, it's mentioned in there. And my computer just restarted on its own. But uh, so they, they're not expecting, they're expecting local people to come to support this event and not necessarily bring uh, outside, in, outside, uh, outside economic activity into the event. I can't say for certain, but that's my interpretation. It's it doesn't have a, a wide range um, from based on the information they provided here. It's more of a, a local event, we would call it. But in their request, they didn't imply that there would be other people come from the region, which stood on my mind. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know that I would, like if this was in Fairview, I don't know that I would personally travel to Fairview to go that, but there are probably people who are more culturally tuned than myself that might. And that's true. I mean, I, I, the other thing is that. Uh, they would be able to advertise it through their church, the Anglican Church Network, yeah. um, and get um, members from other uh, parishes or dioceses to come come into town. So there, there could be some uh, potential for that. And so what was your recommendation on this one? Uh, staff recommendation is that they consider, or council considers funding uh, in the amount of $1,500 for this event. Okay. So the one question I did have that, and you probably can't answer, is on their their form that they provided with the breakdown, they have a number of things where, you know, they request fee waiver from the town, request fee waiver from the town. Was that factored into the fifteen hundred, or would that be over and above? So that would be over and above, but um, our policy is not to waive fees, so they would. So they're required to pay for those, and our contribution would again help offset those. So really, they're asking for the three thousand. You're recommending just the fifteen hundred. Okay. Um, no, no, their their recommendation or their request is for fifteen hundred. Um, okay. But they want another fifteen hundred. 
Society is planning to hold a Bularama, which I had not heard of before, so this is something I might attend on May 27th and 28th. Um, and the group's requesting um, $5,000 in funding. Um, according to information, 30 World Pro Bull Riders are expected to compete. Um, in addition, there's uh, rail racing, trick riders, mm -hmm. family activities, and a dance. So their request is for $5,000. Um, staff um, recommendation is for $3,500, which is uh, consistent for, for amounts provided previously. And uh, from my reading of it, I didn't recollect there being a uh, any statement as to economic benefits to the town of Peace River. I don't think they address that specifically. And uh, is there anyone from the Peace River Ag Society in the gallery? I don't see anyone. Do you? So where, where would this event actually be held? This is one of those events there is potential because you've got all the cowboys and bull riders are gotta be um, there's maybe a few local, but most of them are gonna be coming from out of town. And I just have uh, I have one question I um, and that is I, I do see it is a two day of uh, a two day event. Um, now where are these people going to be staying? Are they providing camping facilities on site for the people coming in? Or are they going to be staying in our hotels? Or are they, are, are they providing RV services on the on the uh, East Hill for this event? I'm not aware of uh, their their uh, logistics for what they'll be doing with their their personnel and, and the riders. Um, but if, if that's a question, we could put this off to the next council meeting. And uh, we could uh, ask for those type of questions and answers. Uh, people should be putting putting that information in their uh, your budget. Yeah, they're on their budget. It does list hotels at fifteen hundred dollars in kind, but I, I, that's there's no indication as to who that's for or what it's for. But there is a line in there. That's a good question. Just to say, well, I'm just I'm just curious if they if they if you draw. A couple hundred people to town for the event. Where are they going to stay? Are they are they going to be pulling RVs to this event? And if so, where are they going to stay? Are they going to stay in town, or are they going to stay right at the ag ground? I can't answer that, Councillor. They're still going to be spent off in the community, whether they're camping on the East Hill or whether they're camping in town or staying in the hotels. Just curious. The other question: Didn't the Ag Society they did? Didn't they do a monster or talked about a monster truck tank? Did that did that ever happen? Yeah, that that did happen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
Okay, so so we have the Future of Rag Society asking for monies but breaking down for a rent. And what was your recommendation on this one? Uh, staff recommendation was to uh, provide um, funding in the amount of $3,500. Okay. So, uh, just to clarify, Your Worship, is, was the intent to go back and ask for some further information? I, I, I guess. I guess what the other question it always raises in my mind is whether or not these events are their success is based on a government grant or not. And I guess uh, it's thirty five hundred dollars make or going to break this thing. Uh, I would like to think that that's not the case, uh, which um, would be an indication of I'm somewhat lukewarm in terms of sending money up to this project. But again, if if we're going to go back and ask. Some other questions. I, I I would just be curious to know, uh, or you know, how how critical is government grant to the success of this event? Uh, well, I'm not keen on going out again. You know, we well, I, we've, we've got to the point where where uh, we've established deadline dates for people to come in. And uh, okay, no, that, dates and, no, that's fine. I just I wasn't clear if we're going back or not, and if we're not going back, uh, I'm I'm okay voting on the information that's yeah, before me. And if 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 it is that critical to them, and uh, and uh, they need to answer some of these questions, they should have been here in the gallery. Sure. Okay. So uh, item uh, the next item is uh, East Plainland, and they're asking for a a grant. That's correct, Your Worship. So. East Playland is requesting $12,500 um, to support uh, their continued operation of the organization, which is um, anticipating, um, they say, a, a deficit of $22,000 in 2017. Um, so according to the, the information, um, not-for-profit organization that provides um, kind of Peace River's residents with a location to Aid in their child's physical and mental development um, provides 3,000 square foot area, large enough to uh, host numerous children and and a variety of toys. Um, and based on information, significant amount of uh, Peace River residents um, use the facility. Um, again, not as familiar with this as I I could be or should be. Uh, looks like they've had some some uh, issues recently in terms of some of their grant funding um, through other programs that may or may not have uh, aren't available. Um, but at the end of the day, staff recommendation is for not to provide um, funding assistance for this as it's um, an operating funding need, not for a specific event or economic development type item but for their continued operations so the staff position and recommendation is that the council do not provide funding as per our, our grants uh, policy so and how much did they actually request they, they've got a twenty two thousand dollar deficit but they, they requested twelve thousand five hundred 
That's correct. And we only have fifty thousand dollars in this whole budget for the whole year. Okay. And that's offer <coughs> operational funding. Okay. So I guess the question that I don't know, I have Chris from administration. Were they getting funding from SCS as like the our local group previously? I I know I. In years, quite a number of years past, four or five years ago, they received some small funds. Um, in the last few years, no, they haven't met the requirement of the outcomes, which is being able to uh, qualify and, and quantify the outcome measures that we ask for in terms of prevention, which is a requirement of our FCSS Act and regulation. So they haven't been able to meet those and no, they haven't received funding last four years, like three or four years. So uh, aren't they on the agenda for uh, one of these upcoming meetings to make a presentation? Yeah. Uh, no, they do, they do, uh, they, two years in a row now, I think they've done a fundraiser in the fall. Um, do we sponsor that event? I think it's usually in October. Is the Harley Davidson? Yeah, the toy. Um, name's eluding me at the moment. I don't recall if council did do a sponsorship or a table purchase or that type of activity. Um, I don't recall, unfortunately. The other question I've got, um, and maybe it's a bit of an aside, but it's coming up on a couple of these different applications. When people submit applications to grants to groups, do we let people know that it is not for operational funding? Because we've got a few applications here for operational funding and I just kind of feel like it's a little misleading if we let them put in applications and we don't actually provide operational funding. I think the application and the policy is pretty clear um, that um, they're not eligible. And, uh, so just where, can you explain to me where it's clear on the on the um, on the application? Because they just write in, uh, like in this one, they picked other nonprofit operational support. I guess I'm just I'm just I just feel it's a little bit misleading if we take it and we bring it to this level and then we send it back to them and say, well, you don't qualify. I think one of the problems is in the policy. The policy doesn't allow. Um, staff to actually not even not take it forward. It says even if it's a negative recommendation. Oh no, I have no problem yeah, with them bringing yeah. it. But what yeah. I'm saying is, is when we're giving paperwork out to these organizations and they're feeling, taking the time to fill it in, Correct. should we not be telling them? Like, should it not be on that application that says we do not accept applications for operational funding? And, and I'm not sure if, if um, Mr. Cram actually even sets up the policy or not. But even on the application yeah. form, like it doesn't say yeah. that on here. Because I really, I mean, there's a lot of work by volunteers that goes into putting these things in. And then we're going to turn them down because it's operational. Correct. And, and I'm just confirming that this is the entirety of the application. Um, Try to find a version here. I mean, we don't need to deal with that right now. I guess I'm just asking if we can maybe going forward look into that so that yes. we aren't. So actually, Councillor, that is a great point to bring up. And uh, we are looking at changing the grants to the group's organization process and also forms. And uh, I believe that's coming to the Committee of the Whole this uh, one in April. Is that correct, uh, 
Yeah, so, so that is, uh, he is bringing the first uh, round to you guys. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is in future applications, we can make sure that uh, the policy comes out in a letter saying that it's not for operational. Yeah, we can ensure that. But we're pretty loosey-goosey on that. We have been. Like, I, I guess I'd still rather see it come to council so we could... Well, no, we can't. I mean, if we're going to turn people down on operational funding, we set a precedent, and we don't support operational funding. Well, but we can't We can't say yes to some and no to others. Well, no, but we've approved the pool, the uh, swim clubs in the past. Even the money goes to powwow. That, that's largely operational. Well, no, they're funding. tied to an event, and that's they're the difference. Tied to a weekend event. Well, still operational funds for that event. Well, that... It's, it states out that it states out right in the policy though that it has to be an event. It cannot be for an annual operational funding. Well, uh, this doesn't have anything to do with the actual application, Ms. Bell, but uh, the new recreational com complex will there's an in indoor playground. Correct. Uh, will this will they be? Was there an expectation that we, that the Peace Playland people would run this indoor playground? Or? Not necessarily. We were looking at a standalone playground, not oh, okay. not a library. This function. is a toy library. Right. Yeah. Um, that's their main function with active play within the physical space that they have right now. Um, but no, this space wouldn't allow for a toy library aspect. It was more an indoor playground. We can have further discussion in terms of how operationally that may look, but we haven't finalized that final plan yet. So still opportunity for discussion. Well, we're open to the doors. We need to build that recreational complex. It's not part of the construction project. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next item was uh, um, Peace River Resident Council door makeover. Who else has missed this one? Oh, so this is a, an initiative to um, to remake um, some doors um, at Sutherland Place. What the concept is for um, patients uh, with dementia and, and memory issues, they tend to pick up on landmarking cues rather than than uh, numbers or other, other cues, so it would help them orientate within their facility by having each door looking distinct and different um, and basically creating a what they call a private street appearance um, kind of neighborhood within a building just so they're, they're able to pick out their door or their suite um, easier than just looking at a, a blank wall with that similar type doors um, so the resident council is requesting um, they're asking for a range between five thousand and $16,380 towards this, this project. Sorry, the attachment we've got for this is actually the powwow. So can you, what was, they're asking us for between 5,000 and 16,000? That's correct. Yes. Total for the project. Yes. Okay. And, and this one, uh, and what was your recommendation on this one? Um, Recommendations that council do not provide funding uh, for this. And the rationale for that one was? I'm just reading through this. So it again talks about does not meet the requirement as outlined in the policy. I was just confirming that quick. Um, 
you know, in, in my mind, this is more of a medical type um, expense, which is probably more of a provincial type responsibility than, than a local community one. Um, I'm just double checking what the policy says to I know ASLS has used not quite the similar um, idea, but they use memory boxes. I don't know if Sutherland has the memory boxes by their resident doors, but that's sort of the other way that they use to recognize their rooms is through what they put into their memory boxes. But that's usually a construction, a time of construction thing. So um, per the policy, it talks about um, the request must meet one of, of three criteria. First, any general exposure and profile. Um, which would enhance the town's profile or status or overall awareness of the town. Uh, the second would be economic development, which I think is pretty straightforward. And the third would be promote civic pride and, and sense of place, meaning it enhance entertainment, recreation, or cultural opportunities for residents. Um, so none of those criteria are met within, within this application. Pretty big ask, $5,000 to $16,000, right? It, it was very significant. Yes. Was that for the total cost of the project? Is that, or is it a portion? Um, it was for the, so under their application where it has other grants, um, it states here they're currently waiting to hear back from other funding re requests. But the total expenses is sixteen thousand three eighty. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, the next uh, item in grants to groups was uh, Peace River Regional Restorative Justice Association. Yep. Uh, so this one, Peace River Regional Restorative Justice Association, a uh, new organization that is hoping to serve the community served by the Peace River. Regional RCMP, um, and I'm just looking through here to identify what they are hoping to do. The request is for five thousand. <laughs> yeah, the request is for four or five thousand dollars for startup costs. Um, it doesn't say within the report, but if China could add what they would hope to do with the money we could. Yeah. You want me to step up or just keep all the... So, yeah, um, uh, yeah, if there's representatives from the Peace River uh, Restorative Justice Society, please come, come forward. And, and uh, I know that you've pleaded your case already. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But uh, certainly if you, you've heard some of the criteria that we have, and, uh, the recommendation from staff is not to uh, not, not to uh, grant your request uh, because it's I think operational funding. Is, that's correct. It wouldn't meet the criteria, 
kind of stated before, and it's startup slash operational type things. But let, let me just say that uh, in my mind, it, I'm always impressed by people that show up and support <laughs> Thank you. So thank you for giving us the opportunity to speak to our application. Again, this is uh, Johanna Downey, who is our board president as well, and I am our program coordinator for the Peace Regional Restorative Justice Association. And so we, being a new organization, we um, have accessed some startup funding that has allowed us to make some progress with our project. But we, and this is funding, provincial funding that likely we will be able to access in the future, but as part of our startup, we have to kind of prove, prove our worth and our progress and show that we are, are make, you know, bringing to fruition the, the community-based restorative justice program. So we're kind of getting by with, with what we have, um, but could definitely be, be fulfilling um, meeting more of our, our budget requirements this first year with some support from our municipalities. We anticipate in further years that once we are operational that we will be able to access some more provincial funding for those needs and, and that's evident through a number of long-standing restorative justice organizations in the region, including, or sorry, in the province, including one in our region which is 30 Community Restorative Justice. And while the, the I, I see that it's operational in need, it is towards our first year organization group startup costs so that we can build a solid foundation from which we can move forward. And so some of that would, the funds would contribute to training, um, which is kind of the next key essential piece to be able to pull, pull this off. And along with uh, travel and uh, some promotional and advertising, making sure we're getting well connected with, within our region and also to um, some wages to support the part-time part-part-time coordination that goes into it and there's a lot of a lot of moving parts and so uh, I would also like to speak to the policy criteria um, around uh, the, the general exposure and profile economic benefit promoting civic pride and sense of place while we're not asking for support for a specific activity we're, we are looking to build a community-based program that, that stands to provide lots of benefits for the, for the community, not just Peace River, but from our, from our regional partners. And so um, I would speak to each of these items briefly that around you know, general exposure and profile. I do know through my relationship with the Director of Crime Prevention and Restorative Justice with the Alberta Solicitor General, they're watching us, they're supporting us. They, they provided some um, advice to me on our second uh, grant application to, to try and help uh, make sure that it was a solid ask and uh, presented well. I also think it would really shine light on us as a progressive a community that is progressive in the way that we respond to crime and to harm and looking at ways in which we can find you know meaningful solutions to, to, to crime when it's safe and relevant. You've heard the shtick about why before, but when when it makes sense for people and people are willing. Um, I also think in, in relation to kind of sense of place and civic pride, it is important to to see the benefits it has directly for the people impacted by crime or by harm, so victims especially, and uh, providing opportunity for people to get better connected and community to take a stake in matters that affect them. Um, leading to an economic benefit, of course, if we're addressing some uh, you know, circumstances of crime or harm at the community level, this of course can translate to, uh, translate to you know, fewer, maybe small, minor, minor crimes, and impact to businesses, community members, and so on, having to come to um, go through the criminal justice system, which has cost 
you know, costly and, and time, uh, time, time, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Less it takes a lot of time. <laughs> and also, I think, in terms of an economic benefit, it's important to note, you know, for individuals involved, restorative practices provide an opportunity for victims to have their financial restitution needs met. And it is more likely that it's more often that those needs are met through a restorative process. So I absolutely do think it fits um, some of the criteria when we look at the, if we can stretch the term activity to program as a whole and, uh, and go from there. Right, so so the essence of your argument is that you're a, you're a startup. Mm -hmm. uh, so you depreciate some monies. Yes. Uh, there is economic benefit to the town from such a program, uh, even to the point of uh, restitution for, for uh, damages that are done. And you're, and now I'm gonna put some words in your mouth. Sure. You're, you, you, this is a startup year, and your expectation is not to be here next year asking for a grant. Not for, well, not for grants to groups, but not for grants, not for but, grants to but groups. But from FCSS, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps, yeah. And you know what, I think I mentioned this when I spoke in October. Um, you know what, we, we know that we're asking for our municipalities to, to buy into a vision. We've been doing a lot of hard work. We've been talking to a lot of people. We have had um, contributions from um, the other municipalities so far. And uh, we also have now, our Manning RCMP detachment has contact, contacted Brent Meyer to, to ask about their involvement and can we get on board too because they're really interested. So okay. I'm, I'm heading to Manning on Friday to talk with Manning RCMP as well. Okay, so, um, but you mentioned other municipalities have jumped on board. Yep, yeah. So can, uh, can I ask you who and how much? Sure. Um, Northern Sunrise, Northern Lights um, have contributed $1,000. Um, and the piece has contributed 500. And Town of Grimshaw, I have been, I, I'm not sure if the budget has passed, but I've been told that they were looking at allocating 1,000. So just from a board perspective, uh, I'd like to add that, uh, again, thank you for inviting us back to, to speak to, like, about restorative justice. What I can share with you from a board perspective is that this is an ideal time for the Town of Peace River to become a partner in restorative justice, both federally, provincially. This, there's a lot of optics right now on restorative justice because there's a variety of ways that it can take place within the community and for each situation. And it has results that just keep proving itself over and over and over again. And so as a move forward for, for our group, we are about 18 months into our, from the start of our first meeting and our first training session starts on April 28th and 29th. So in that time frame, we have a strong group of people who are very keen about this to move forward. And uh, we've had great results, like provincial results that they're looking back at the Peace River Restorative Justice yeah. saying, way to go, we didn't yeah. see that happening. Yeah. So we're, we're moving forward. And we put our volunteer advertisement out right now and I have four applications in already. And I, today I put it through yeah. social media and I had six additional contacts. I'm getting, I've had three from Grand Prairie saying, how do we get involved in this? So, yeah. So the funding that you've gotten from the other municipalities, has that been on a, on a grant basis or is that on a funding basis? On a grant basis at this time is what I, what I understand. Yeah. And I foresee in the future, and again, I think I mentioned this in October, that depending on how things evolve and the need that shows and the volume that we're seeing, um, we do want to, we, we may want to 
talk about how, you know, how that could maybe be an ongoing support should there be need for that. And I also, not only for financial support, but I see the town of Peace River um, as helping to shape what things look like, what, what do you want to see captured, what do you want us to come back to you with for, for, um, for statistics and stuff. So is there any way that this could come out of our, anywhere in, like would this fit anywhere in our budget as opposed to it being a grants to groups item? Just in light of some of, like I mean I understand it's a little bit different because it's a startup and technically a one-time ask and that might be enough of a sort of a loophole as far as the operational goes, but could it fit anywhere in our budget? If yeah, I believe uh, Mr. Town can find it if, if Council so wishes. If you wish it. I guess uh, just for, from my perspective, I'm, I'm in the watching and supporter department, but <laughs> moving into the budget items, uh, uh, you mentioned Sergeant Meyer, you know, he, he shows up before Council and brings his bills at, which I think are absolutely ridiculous uh, when it comes to radios. I was going to suggest go ask him for some money because <laughs> he, he seems to be able to get his hands into our jeans on a very regular basis and, and we don't have a lot to say about it. But uh, now that I've digressed, my question is, so the money that you've raised, I heard training and travel. So what travel and what training? What, 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 what are you going to do with the $1,000 that Northern Sunrise County gave you. So the training that we're looking at doing is the facilitation training of the restorative model, like the community conferencing model that we would train our volunteers in so that when we are prepared to accept referrals from the RCMP or from whomever, um, that we have skilled people in those roles. Okay. And travel, uh, because you're a large region, and you know the travel budget item is something that we're, we're going to really have to just see how the flow goes because we, we may be traveling to other communities to offer these community conferences and having people come in. So we want to have some of we want to have that there um, in order to support regional involvement and not just make it just central to town of Peace River. Okay, so just not to belabor the topic, your worship. So there's this the the uh, the restorative justice panel or board, whichever board is a board of six or seven or ten so you need to find those volunteers and then you need to tell them that they must take training and they must pass it to sit on the board how how does that work it's it's not it's uh we've, we've sent out a volunteer application package and it's uh people are in the application package there's some background on the organization information on restorative justice mm -hmm. A description of volunteer role and that they it's invited to volunteer with us we are doing interview processes because we will be dealing with sensitive information challenging conversations and that they will be invited to attend the this training with us and that that will be um so it, it, this is volunteer I, I would characterize as volunteer voluntary board training then is that what it is except it's the focus of course is on restorative justice not it's it's not it's not board training. It's it's we have our board and our, some of, who, of whom are going to be attending this training to get a better idea of, of what it looks like on the ground. But our volunteers will be the people who are actually doing taking referrals and taking cases and and doing those um, um, and doing them on behalf of, of the RCMP as a, an alternative way of responding to a crime or charger or whatever. And so it people if. People 
choose to not take that training and volunteer, we can we we can have other ways such as you know representing us at public events, doing you know promotion stuff, helping us with certain tasks. Uh, it's not it's it's not like a you know cut and dry, but the people that do do the facilitation, you want them to have this base training, which is a standard training that, that any restorative justice organization does for people. I, I think I've got some of the structure and some of the one okay. branch. Good thing. Okay. Thank you. So the, uh, so the training that you're taking, mm -hmm. um, from what I understand, so are you going for the training or are you bringing the trainer here? We're bringing the trainer. So you're bringing the trainer here. So when you're talking about training a certain number of people, whether they're on your board or, or they're volunteers. So from what I've heard you say, then this is like a train the trainer program so that when you get that information and then, oh, we have some volunteers that are accepted three months down the road. Now, instead of them taking the same training, you can actually train them. Well, that's, that's a potential. And for me specifically, I've been, you know, working, doing this facilitation for seven years and there actually has been you know, talk about the role of some of these smaller organizations um, taking on a train-a-trainer role so that we don't have to rely on bringing someone in from out. Um, but I felt leaving us at this point in time, leaving the development of the organization, um, that it was a, a task that um, was a bit too much that was beyond my scope at this point. And I also felt that because it's a, a new way of looking at, at doing things, that it made sense to go with someone who was you know, recognized, recommended by the Alberta Restorative Justice Association, who has extensive training experience and credentials. I know this stuff, um, but in terms of, of training and so on, and, and training in that model, I would need some support. So we, we thought definitely for our first go, we would want someone who has that experience. So the person that has the training then would be the person that would be, how would I say, hands-on, that would be collecting the information from the RCMP uh, dealing with the victim, dealing with the accused, yeah. dealing with the courts. Yeah, so the, the role of the program coordinator would be kind of the hub. So the referrals would come into the program coordinator who would then uh, connect with the team of volunteer trained facilitators um, to determine who's available, who, where, is there a good fit, is there any conflict, and so on. Um, and then it would basically be handed over to the facilitators to carry through with the process, which includes pre-interviews and doing the, the, the full community conference. Um, the role of the program coordinator one is to oversee the operation of the program but also to um, handle any issues that might come up um, is kind of solely responsible along with our board for you know uh, relationship building grant writing all those other pieces to day-to-day -day operations and so I, i'd be facilitating as well because i can facilitate so. so the only other question i have then is this is this quite similar to the um like the, the restorative justice program is it similar to the alternative measures program if that even still operates anymore is there any overlap or well the alternative measures um, there's a number of entry points for restorative justice it can be it can be prior to uh, prior to a charge being laid it can be a recommendation to crown with from the RCMP so it can come with consultation from the crown and so it, it can be accessed at a few different different points um, along the way I know Brent has connected with um, with our Crown to kind of make an introduction and to and to kind of start paving the way there, and that's a relationship we, we really need to work on building to see how we may work in greater partnership with that. But absolutely, it can be utilized from from the Crown level uh, if they so choose. And one of the reasons we've been really kind of slow on 
um, methodical and the relationship building piece is because we want to establish a strong, credible um, foundation for our organization and not just kind of pop up and say, here we are, this is what we're doing. But, you know, the first funding we've obtained came to us, um, you know, just less than a year ago. And, uh, and prior to that, there's been a lot of relationship building going on before, so. So if we sort of circle this back to the actual request then, theoretically, you will have a training event that will be happening in Peace River, yes. and we could potentially donate our funds towards the costs of putting on that event? Helping with that, yes. And we, we have secured some funds towards that, but we okay. don't have the entirety of those funds. How, how much have you secured towards that? We we were successful with that CSS grants to date for $4,000. Oh, okay. Yeah, and our budget for that, for the training is 8000 uh 8000 includes, um, uh, is 8000 is for kind of our ideal three-day training, we, we went with a, an, a different option um, on being uncertain of where we were going to be at, but it's a two-day training, and the, the total budget is now around 6300 And can you change that? Could you go back to three days or no? Um, not at this point, probably not. We also thought about accessibility for people in the region mm -hmm. coming in, and uh, we were holding the training over a, a weekend, uh, because, which is, you know, it can be good, it can be bad but having, asking people to take time off from work as well. So we just kind of had to make a decision. Okay. Yeah. So you're working quite uh, closely within the Brian Turpin and Victim Services? Yeah, we've uh, had numerous conversations with Brian. Um, I've had conversations with probation, Segatel Friendship Center is a huge support piece, regional community advisors, committee rotary, um, lots of conversations. Driving people nuts all over the place, all municipalities. Well, you have you have more questions this go around than you did the first go around, so it's good that you put your hand up. Well, I have one more question. So this $3,000 ask could potentially go specifically towards the training event? It's a $5,000 ask though, isn't it? We, we did adjust our budget um, since we, I spoke with you in October, and why that was is because we really, um, really kind of went on the slim in terms of what we were budgeting for. And then I thought that uh, with some advice from our board that that was maybe not a wise move in terms of a go forward and planning for actual costs. Um, so yes, it would definitely help round out our costs for that training and um, allow us to um, do some of those additional pieces that come with you know volunteer um, the piece like volunteer recognition, um, having a bit of travel budget so that we don't have to that we can be accessible and continually throughout. Yeah. Great. Uh, so we'll see where the motions are, go and how the votes fall. And uh, certainly you're very passionate about this, Ms. Steiger, and uh, success always follows passion. So I'm sure there will be successful. Uh, so the question uh, I have, the vote is, and, and I, I want to say, I, I'm, I like the sounds of it. I like to see it go. And I guess, I think I'm going to be on fine with this. I have an issue, like to me, in the Constitution, justice stuff, that's federal stuff, that's province, that's not the, the not the municipal level. But again, in the interest of seeing it fly at the local level, then, you know, and then, you know, the fact that it's a one-year ask, maybe, that, again, is positive. Think globally, act locally. Yeah. And I just want to respond, Mr. Burke, to that, that the province, Alberta Justice and Solicitor General has, uh, for the last 10 years, been funding restorative justice programs through their Alberta Community Restorative Justice Grant. And from the time when I started with restorative justice in Fairview area about seven years ago to now, we have seen an increase in over $100,000 allotted. And 
we also have seen the support for individual restorative justice organizations fluctuate depending on volume and like number of referrals and so on. And really, like we're going to build a strong program that will see us continually be a contender alongside the rest of the province. So, yeah. it's really coming down. Thank you for thank listening. You so. Okay, I'm cutting out the questions. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're doing talks. <laughs> okay, we, because the, we have two more to go. Uh, Peace Regional Performing Arts Society has a, re a request. Yes, they do. I believe this came before council when I was away earlier in the year. So, um, looks like there were some questions, and these are the oh, yeah. the follow-ups to those questions. So, um, in terms of, of those specific questions, they're, they're looking for for funding for a uh, recital on on May thirteenth, which would be a Mother's Day theme uh, party. Um, so the group practices. Um, uh, to be Movement Speaks Performing Arts Center on 96th Street. Is that a real thing? Okay. If I recall, the, the former application noted a whole bunch of addresses in Grimshaw and nothing to do with the Comedy Service. So I think that was one of the questions was where do they perform and where are they based? Yes, and it looks like they have a Grimshaw mailing address, but the actual. Which is fine. Um, so 45 of the students are from Peace River, 20 from Grimshaw, and 3 from other areas. Um, in terms of other funding, looks like they've tried to approach other municipals and uh, corporate groups, but have not been um, particularly successful to, to try to um, secure other funding. So they were requesting $2,500 for, for support. Um, staff recommendations to consider $2,000 in support, which would be a sponsorship at the Gold Bubble event and uh, consisting with, uh, with other funding to other similar type groups. Okay, where did you say the event was being held at again? At the Movement Where's Speaks and Performing Arts Center. Thinking of where this is exactly right. It's on Main Street. Okay. Movement Speaks uh, should be that dance right next to uh, Harry's Crafts. Oh, okay. It's becoming a landmark at Sherry's Crafts. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, any other questions? Okay. Uh, and Peace River Aboriginal Interagency Powwow. Uh, yeah, so the, the final one is the Peace River Aboriginal Interagency Committee is requesting funds for the 2017 gathering and powwow. Uh, asking for financial. Oh, sorry, and we do have speakers well, here. Why don't you uh, just so they, uh, just lay out, sketch it out for us? So they're asking for how much? They are requesting uh, 7,500. And um, uh, in the past we've uh, provided, last year we provided what? Um, 3,000? It says in the past the town's provided 3,000. I'm not positive whether that okay. was last year or recent years. And uh, your recommendation was? It's staff recommendation is for a similar amount that we've done in the past, which is the $3,000 level. Okay. 
and uh, uh, Mr. Whitford and Mr. Uh, Stewart are representing the, uh, the Inter-Abu Control Agency, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys came. Uh, we appreciate people supporting their uh, their application. Uh, is, um, well, perhaps I could just open it up with a question that has always come up is, uh, what is the economic benefit to the town of Peace River uh, to, to help support this event? Okay, like we don't have any numbers of how much the spinoff is, but there'll be, uh, last year there were 350 dancers, and then with 14 drum groups with approximately 10, 10 people per drum group, that puts us to 500 participants and all the visitors who are coming. There are some people who like to stay and camp up at the uh, high grounds, and there's others who use the hotel. So there's that spinoff, and we all know if they're coming here, they're gonna be buying gas, food, etc. But we have no hard numbers, and I tried calling our department and a few other places, and they have no numbers on how to do it. Okay. The other part of that is we, uh, in keeping with our traditions, we don't charge uh, admission, so that frees up dollars for local stores, restaurants, uh, hotels, and the like. But I just wanted to uh, provide a bit of background information, if uh, that is okay. Sure. Um, the town of Peace River has distinguished itself over the past 13 years by being the only town or city in Alberta that is home to a powwow celebration of this type. Um, Arguably, the Peace River Annual Aboriginal Gathering in Powwow has become part of the uh, has become part of the brand of the town of Peace River. Been here through three successive administrations. I've presented uh, to uh, Lauren Mann, to Iris Callew, and uh, well, it's the first time with yourself. <laughs> Uh, keep it honest. <laughs> uh, so, <coughs> others talk of reconciliation. Peace River lives truth and reconciliation by providing Indigenous children and families the opportunity to connect with their culture while the, the broader community learns of the, uh, the beauty of our Indigenous cultures that, as you all know, were suppressed and subjugated for uh, many years. So, uh, the community as a whole learns of uh, what our cultures can, uh, can contribute and the potential they have to, uh, to add to the well-being of the community. This year, as always, the interagency committee needs the financial and moral and continued support of the town of Peace River and our other partners, First Nations, municipal districts, the private sector, other governments, uh, not-for-profit organizations. So there are many partners that contribute to the, uh, to the staging of the event. As I said, we don't charge admission. Uh, 
don't charge admission, but uh, anyway, the long and short of it is we need your support, but I'll, I'll turn it over to Larry and he can speak to the specifics. He and, our, he and I are the setup people. We, uh, I was the uh, leading the organizer, organizing, but I'm happy to say I've been demoted to setup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just I guess another point you want to make. Peace River is the first, uh, I guess, Powell on the Powell, Powell Trail. Oh, the yeah, next okay. weekend, I believe, is Fort St. John or Taylor, is it? Dennis, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I guess Lake. we're looking at about $80,000 budget with probably half of that going to payouts and things like that. And the rest is for, uh, how would you say, making sure the we have the right uh, infrastructure and things set up. And, and this event is being held when? June 3rd and 4th. It's the first Saturday, Sunday in June. I, I, I might have the dates wrong, but it's the first Saturday and Sunday in June. Oh, okay. At the fairgrounds. Okay. Any questions? So I know you you've had the uh, the event at the uh, arena one year, being that it was really wet outside, and you used to have the event down at the uh, the events park for quite a number of years. And this is how many years up on the hill now? This will up in the hill, I would estimate maybe five or six years. Five or six years now. So I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to be um, asking for support from our neighbors up the hill. Yes. And can I ask what that ask is going to be? I think last year was 5000 or maybe we got $5,000 last year. I'm not sure what Wendy oh. sent to them. But on the budget here, it is, it is. Last uh, year we got 5000 from the county. The other thing is they provide the land and uh, we need a lot of land with, uh, for accommodations and the event, staging the event itself. And I guess the other thing, if it's, uh, there's rain, we've already, or I think Wendy will be uh, reserving the arena. Just on that odd hack, I had talked to one business person and they, they noted that they're, they're substantially busier downtown, at least at some of the facilities during Powell, but they didn't have firm numbers to say it's 20% or 30%, but they did note that they're always busy during Powell. Yeah, this, that item always comes up as uh, it would be, and given that you've been 13 years here and uh, um, it would be, uh, it'd be nice if somehow we could convince the Alberta government or uh, some, some agency to uh, basically do an economic impact study as to how, how the powwow benefits uh, the community. I think there is a, uh, certainly there's an intuitive feel that uh, you uh, add economic activity to the town. It would uh, be kind of nice to get some hard numbers. But, uh, leave it at that. Okay, uh, well, thanks. I don't think there's any other questions, is there? Okay. So, um, what we'll do is uh, we'll go back down through them, starting with you. 
I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Uh, could I just interject with yeah. uh, perhaps a, it's not necessarily a point of order. Uh, so uh, all council knows, of course, that we've got a procedural bylaw and there's four votes sitting at this table this evening. Um, am I right? We got five? All right. Yeah. So, okay, fair enough. I was just wondering about uh, the situation in terms of tie votes, but now that I figured out the math, uh, okay. I'm not going to bring that up because I was worried about it. Right. So, uh, yeah, if there's a tie vote, uh, all the, the motions need to be made in the affirmative, and if there's a tie vote, the motion is defeated. But uh, no, there's five of us, so we should be able to come to a decision. So we'll, uh, as people know, I can't make a motion, but we'll start with eight, uh, the Peace River Winter Swig Club, and uh, and then we'll go through them, uh, and people will make a motion on it as each one comes back up. So uh, this was the Peace River Swim Club. There, uh, the. Uh, staff's rec recommendation was to support this application for uh, 1500 and uh, what, 86 or? 1586 and 40 cents. And 40 cents. And just to clarify the vent already happened? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so anyone want to make a motion on this one? I'll make a motion, Your Worship, to accept the uh, administration recommendation to provide $1,586.40 to the Peace River Swim Club. Okay. All in favor? Yes. Uh, the, um, so the next one is the St. James Anglican Church on behalf of the Syrian Friends Committee. Um, this remind me of your recommendation again, Mr. Town. Recommendation was that uh, council provide fifteen hundred dollars towards uh, their fundraising event. Okay. So who wants to make a motion on this one? I'll make a motion on this one, Your Worship, uh, to accept the recommendation of administration and provide fifteen hundred dollars or fifteen yeah fifteen hundred dollars sorry in support of the Syrian Friends Committee fundraising event. Okay. All in favor? Once again. Church of England gets another fifteen hundred dollars. The uh, next time we should exempt for taxes or something. <laughs> uh, the next item was the Peace River Agricultural Society Polarama, and this was um, Mr. Town. What was your recommendation on this one? Staff recommendation was to provide assistance in the amount of uh, thirty-five hundred. Their ask was five thousand dollars. Okay. Anyone want to make a motion on this one? I'd make a motion on this one, Your Worship. Okay. Uh, to provide assistance to the Peace River Ag Society in the amount of two thousand uh, dollars towards the event of uh, the Bullerama event. Two thousand. Yes. All in favor? Against. Uh, I, uh, so the next one was for uh, the uh, Cranston Group's request by Peace Plainland. Staff's recommendation was to 
to not uh, uh, make make the grant to this group. Uh, this group, uh, based on the fact that it was uh, operational funding in nature, and their request was quite uh, was uh, twelve thousand five hundred. I believe. That's right. So um, I would make a motion, Your Worship, to accept the recommendation uh, provided by administration not to provide Peace Play Lounge with any funds. All in favor? Just to follow up on that, are we are we going to make sure that we are looking at those applications, though, to make sure that's clear so we don't waste these volunteers' time? So we will change the application form so it's really clear that operational funding will, will not be considered. Um, the, uh, the next item was the, uh, the resident, Peace River Resident Council uh, door makeover and the, and the staff's recommendation was that council provide no funding for the project Well, and then they had a suggestion for us, but I, I think we'll just leave it at that. And and really the basis for that recommendation was that there again, it's not really event-driven. So uh, who would like to make a motion on this one? I'll make the motion to accept the staff recommendation we not approve any. All in favor? Against? Um, we now have uh, the next uh, request for decision on Grant Scrooge was the Peace River Regional Restorative Justice uh, application and uh, the, uh, the request was for $5,000 and uh, staff's recommendation was that uh, council not provide financial assistance to the uh, Peace River Regional Restorative Justice Association uh, because this application didn't meet any of the criteria in Section 1C of the policy. Uh, Mr. Ford? Yes, I'd uh, be willing to put a motion on the floor, Your Worship, to, pro to provide the Restorative Justice Association with a grant for $3,000 for their training event. Uh, all in favor? Against? Your Worship, can I put a second motion on the table in relation to that? Sure. I don't know, maybe this isn't appropriate, and if it's not, we can table it, but I would also like to put another motion on the table for the additional 2000 requested to come out of uh, the general budget as to be determined by administration. Okay, and there's another motion on the floor. Uh, all in favor? Against? And uh, the next item was a request for decision from for the uh, for a grant to the Peace Regional Performing Arts Society, and that one will be uh, that request was for twenty five hundred dollars. Staff's recommendation was to provide uh, two thousand dollars in funding to the Peace Regional Performing Arts Society uh, for uh, goal level and this 
This was for the goal level support for this particular event. Okay. That's correct, Your Worship. So who would like to make a motion? I'll make that motion to accept the recommendation of administration and provide $2,000 in funding to the Peace Regional Performing Arts Society for their event in May. All in favor? Anybody against? I think that was unanimous before. Um, that takes us to our last request. This is the Peace River Abor Aboriginal Interagency Powwow. Uh, this uh, request was for $7,500 and staff's recommendation was to provide, uh, account to provide a commitment of 3000 in financial support to the Peace River Aboriginal Interagency Committee. Uh, who would like to make a motion on this? I'll make the motion to accept this for the administration recommendation by 3,000 funding. Okay, all in favor? Okay, that uh, takes care of the grants to groups. And can I just ask administration how much money is left in the budget? <laughs> and we it's all right, we'll just go back to the tax base and ask them for more money. <laughs> you know my. My first, my, you know, that <laughs> we'll, we'll make a special visit to, to Larry's home. <laughs> I'll start digging for gold when I get home. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take a recess for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. We're reconvening. The uh, recorder on? Yep. Okay, very good. So we're going back up to uh, new business, and this should be pretty quick. Uh, number number one, request for decision regarding airport rebranding. So the briefing unit is, is long. The meeting is long. Uh, the, the meeting is, uh, you want to compress the meeting. Um, I, I think everyone should have read it because you brought it up. Uh, with everybody before, right? That is right. And so the idea is to rebrand the uh, the airport vehicles so that uh, I, we recognize, in a way, it's a nod to the support we're getting from the surrounding communities. It also allows us to spin off the airport if the Koch brothers come by and they want to buy it. I don't think so. Well, they got a big landway north of uh, the Shell people, so. Um, and um, I guess we'll just go around the table and we'll get uh, people's input up online in. I like the idea. Um, I'm glad that you left Peace River and then went regional airport. Uh, we need to make sure that we have the word Peace River and everything so that it brands it. And particularly when somebody in Atlanta wants to fly up to Peace River, uh, they can just say Peace River Airport or Peace River and, it, and they don't get confused with Peace Regional and they end up in Fort St. John or something like that. So, so uh, that's what I like about it, but I think it's a good idea. Shannon? 
Yeah, I'm, I don't have any issues with that. I did have a quick question, though, because I didn't see financial implications, and maybe I missed the line, but if we're redoing all of the signage that's out there? Uh, no, the, the plan is to redo signage as it comes along. Oh, okay. There, there's a few signs that we are have in the budget already, and, and a couple new construction items, but it'll all be with handled in the budget. We're not going to rip everything down and redo it. Oh, okay. So it'll be just, it'll be like, as things change over, it would just change, change with with um, a replacement. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. There are a few, like I said, that are in this budget already planned, but uh, yeah. Okay. So what about your, your cards, your business cards? I hope you're not going to throw out the Peace River ones. Well, I, I just got new ones done, so we'll get rid of those first <laughs> and then switch it out. And then I, do, I don't know if this is um, a discussion point, if this is the option, but the, the truck with the white stripe on it and the blue logo, is that was that like an option one, option two, or? Uh, it's just some examples of what we can do oh. based on the logo. The idea being that the the blue aircraft circle is the primary logo. Uh, the silver is an option. Should we not be able to use the blue? Well, I was just gonna say it stands out a whole lot more when you do it the second way. Just which which one is you're looking at the truck? With yeah, the, the one the second logo with the white stripe. I just think it's a little bit more obvious what it is to me. But anyhow. I like that one too. <laughs> uh, Colin, you're the airport rep. The mayor said this was going to be a short discussion. Um, I, I guess I'm, at a, I, I, I'm okay with the rebranding. These aren't hills to die on. I sent around a response to an email and I, looking around here, I sent it to my political colleagues. I think it went into administration. I like the idea of catching YPE. Uh, I sent around a little snipping tool as to what Fort St. John uses. It's got a stylized something airplane and it's got fly YPE or CG YPE. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to die on the hill, but... Uh, yeah, that's actually a good point, Colin, because I know that's Calgary and Edmonton do that. Like yeah. even in their town or in their city branding, they right. use like hashtag YEG and YYC right. and it yeah. just and drives you, to the airport. Yeah. And even if you go back into their website, it says leasing arrangements at YEG, uh, uh, rental accommodation at YEG, hotels at YEG. Uh, and then, uh, so that's an idea. Uh, again, I'm, it, it, I'm not going to die on these things. And then the, the stripe on the truck, uh, I'm an old airplane guy like Tannen is. and. Uh, if you're looking to spruce it up, I would put zero, 03 and 21 on it. Uh, maybe there's people around the room here looking at me wondering what zero, 03 and 21 is, but that's the runway alignment. Um, it's just an idea. It, it's, uh, I think uh, it speaks to the crowd at the airport. Uh, it won't be, everybody out, there, everybody out there will know what it is. Uh, the guys in the department will know what it is. And uh, if you don't know what it is, maybe you'll ask and then visit YPE. Anyway, my two suggestions are numbering on the truck on the airport. Again, in the, I can envision, I'm looking at the stripe here, I can easily see whichever color it is. Uh, put it, put it, actually make one end of it or both and it look like a threshold and put 0, 03 and 21 and, and at the end of the pinstripe and make it look like the threshold approach and then put fly YE, um, YPE on it. That's, uh, that's all I have. Wow, I think you got more input than you bargained for. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll let uh, Adam speak to the, the YPE option. Let me speak to the YPE first. Okay. You know what I don't like about YPE is the E at the end of YPE. 
Like, can we, <laughs> can we can we trade with whoever has YPR? I would, I would love to, but they're, they're set internationally, and once you get her, she's yours. I'm, I, I'm sure there must be trading things. Well, just be happy you're not high level, YOJ. Okay. <laughs> yes, a lot of the uh, logos, too, that I think you guys are referencing are um, specific marketing programs, like Fly EIA, those kinds of things. They're not actually the corporate logo for the organization. Um, typically, airport codes aren't used in those logos. Uh, the other element, you're talking about branding, uh, Calgary, Edmonton, making use of their airport code. That trend comes from Twitter, uh, where characters are at a premium. So a couple years ago, people started branding them, or identifying where they were located based on the city's airport code. It began in Toronto with YYZ, extended. Uh, the reason it works in Edmonton and Calgary and not Peace River is frankly a matter of numbers. We just, there aren't enough people here that fly into Peace River. There aren't enough people here that know it. I've tried branding us with the airport code when I tweet out council stuff. It's under the hashtag YPEcouncil, but aside from Northern Air and the town of Peace River, nobody else uses that phrase online. So it would just be kind of wasted. What would be valuable would be to produce merchandise that uses it. Like those, you'll see the little airport code uh, bumper stickers. It's like an oval and it's got the, the airport code in it. Those kinds of things and start to market it that way. But for the logo itself, it would probably be better off without the airport code. Yeah, I heard the word wasted. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> it's not wasted. It's futuristic. Okay, okay, Roger. I agree with your banding. I think I just, well, I, I'm curious about the whether why not Peace Regional Airport as opposed to Peace, Peace River. And I, I mean, the mayor's off the paper. To me, reflection more of our regional partners are part of it than rather. Well, we need to brand Peace River. It has to be the town of Peace River. You know what I hate about the Peace? The PRWMC, the Waste Management Company, is Peace Regional. And people correct us, but Peace, Re Peace Regional can refer to any part of the Peace. And in fact, the people in Fort St. John yeah, and Dawson yeah. use that that phrase all the time. Peace Regional. YPE says Peace River. <laughs> it says YPE. Y it says YP. It says YPE. <laughs> Google. Your worship, you're, you're, you're not you're not in the you're not in the game. <laughs> your mind is somewhere else. I can speak to the reason that uh, we decided to go with the, the Peace River Regional Airport, even when we were sitting down and looking at creating a society, a not-for-profit company to to run the airport. It was the Peace River Regional Airport, and all the partners were on board, and, and specifically for. I think that was probably my biggest comment was just making sure that the partners were aware that it, that Peace River was sort of the main focus. I agree with the mayor. Peace Regional could be anywhere from here to, well, wherever the river goes. Right. So I think that, I mean, I think that's good as long as the, the partners realize, you know, that we are still wanting to recognize them. And if they are, that's great. That, that's actually, we had this discussion uh, when we came up with the, the society stuff. And, system Peace River okay. I'm, I'm the same way I totally agree Peace River's got to be in there um, I know when you go trying to search all the jet boat races locally here uh, you go 
East Regional and upcomings of the Fort St. John area races. So, no, I'm, I, I do like the branding. I think East River Regional is, is a good way to go. So there's a recommendation uh, from uh, Will that uh, Council direct administration to proceed with the rebranding of the airport as outlined in option one. So does anybody want to make, uh, make that uh, motion as, as, per, as provided by Mr. Will Stewart? I can make that motion, Your Worship, to proceed with uh, option one, proceed with the rebranding of the Peace River Regional Airport, including changing, sorry, Peace River Airport, including changing the name to Peace River Regional Airport and using the logo as attached. Okay, all in favor? Okay. Oh, yes, go ahead. I'm opposed. Oh, really? Where, where did my suggestion go? <laughs> uh, well, this says. I, I, I'm under the impression, Mr. Stewart, that you'll be, you'll be consulting on, a, on an ongoing basis for this. Absolutely. Does, sorry, does the, town, does the airport have its own webpage? Or is it just part of the Peace River? No, it is part of the town webpage at this point in time. Um, once we do these changes and we're, we're doing a few other items at the airport, uh, we can look at that in the future. That's where the fly YPE really would come in, into play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, the next item was a briefing note regarding the Peace Regional Rec Peace River Regional Recreational Center. He just added it. Yeah, I, I see that. Yeah. Processing. <laughs> um, just a, a very brief update for council, keeping you informed as we proceed along this critical time frame of moving towards tendering of the project. Um, uh, the MPC reviewed our development application and provided approval on March 20th. On March 24th, uh, administration reviewed the 99% drawings with our architect, uh, the electrical team, and the mechanical team. There are some tweaks, uh, nothing insurmountable, and they're proceeding as such. And on March 27th, as of 2 p.m. today, was the closure of our pre-qualification of our general contractors. Uh, we had 16 submissions, so quite substantial, and we'll be going through a review process in the next week for final uh, decision making on the top five general contractors. So if you didn't respond to this, then you can't bid on the project? Correct. And that was pub that was posted, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely, yes, yeah. Um, and the 16 submissions, I think, illustrate. So we will be narrowing that down, I believe, to five, and they will receive the tender package once it is finalized. Um, other than that, we continue forward. So, in the other than that department, uh, thank you for putting up the development sign as well. That's yes. not on the briefing notes. So well, just so that's that, true. just so everybody knows, there's yeah. a sign on the site, and it says April fourth. April fourth. Right. So that item is yeah. not on there, but it's That's uh, good to see that you got it up. Yeah, we are following the same development process any other business or organization would follow. 
So at the MPC meeting, we went through the, the complete process there. It is subject to our traffic impact assessment, uh, which we anticipate to have back the second week in April. Um, and at that time, we'll review any adjustments if anything needs to be made, and that will be planned for in the future. Would it be inappropriate to ask if we've had any feedback on the development permit sitting there? As far as I know, and uh, feedback may go directly to Susan Martineau, the development officer, nothing has been passed along. And I actually moved it on Saturday after the ice show a little bit further down the field to more of the corner of where the Tim Hortons community field sign would have been to capture sort of a broader view of the parking lot. Did you, did you get yeah, yeah. So if you saw somebody moving the sign, that was me. <laughs> Just to make sure everyone actually saw it. It's very viewable. And did we post that on social media that that was up or no? Quite honestly, I don't believe I'm not so. sure if we would or not. I, just I don't wondered. think so. It's again following the basic process that of the development um, planning department. We don't know. Yeah. Um, a motion to accept for information. Okay. All in favor? Passed. Uh, <clears throat> this is a. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, neighborhood community satisfaction meetings. I don't know if we. I'm just as happy if we get dissatisfaction because a, a complaint is a gift. It shows us where we can improve. You know, we don't have staff calls for concerns. <laughs> so, uh, are you leading this discussion? I, I am, yeah, Your Worship. Uh, so, uh, basically, um, over this past uh, year, uh, Council has expressed. Uh, looking at trying to collect some information from the neighborhoods. Um, and uh, so they basically had asked me to put something together. So um, I put together a, a basic concept of trying to collect some information of um, um, satisfaction and ways that uh, we could improve the communities. And uh, there's two uh, formats we're looking at. Uh, the first one is, is physically um, uh, breaking up the town into five sections, and it's just recommended five sections, so, you know, um, if, if council agreed that these were the, the right sections, that'd be great. If not, we can adjust it, but then just have some community meetings, and they'd be smaller meetings in which people would be um, invited out. We'd show uh, some of the things that we have done, yeah. and then there'd be a little survey, very small survey, but, but pinpointed to try and see, okay, um, basically, uh, how can we uh, improve your community and or the town? Um, collecting this information will help in long-term planning um, and it's important to actually start the process right now. What we were hoping to do, if we did do the small community uh, groups, we would be doing it between now and by the end of June. Uh, the second process would be there's a bunch of community events that are, that are occurring and uh, sometimes uh, community members will not come to a community meeting but you can catch them at these other events like uh, the trade show that is coming up. And then again, you also have just a simple survey. Um, and during the survey, again, you ask uh, some pieces of information of, you know, what are we doing right? What do we need to do? Uh, what would you like to see? Something to that effect. And uh, then you, you, you get uh, uh, basically uh, a lot of information from the citizens. Uh, and again, you use this information for future planning.
So this is uh, basically uh, the suggestions we the staff has come up with. So if, uh, you know, if, what we're looking for is we're looking for council to uh, basically uh, Give us some input uh, if they like these ideas, and if they if you do, then we'll we'll start the process. And if you think we are off base and you want us to do something else, we can look at that also. So um, one area that uh, I think we've missed and probably should be separate uh, is Westbrook Estates. Small, a relatively small neighborhood, but uh, uh, they have lots to say. Um, actually, we could probably launch. Where would Rosedale go? Jasper. Okay. Um, Are you looking to add more? Like, Yes, having attended these kind of things when I first come with the government on at the improvement districts, many times there are more government people than there were ratepayers. If you if you and they used to have on individual groups of what I visualized that like I was thinking one on the west side of the river and one on the east side of the river and let everybody come. Yeah, uh, get down right into the community of this neighborhood. What, what we were thinking of uh, is we're thinking of being very aggressive and trying to uh, encourage people to come on out. So uh, not only would we do our, our traditional form of advertising, we'd actually be doing door knockers also in the community and hoping that uh, you know um, a few more would come on out. Um, that's what we're hoping. And sometimes it works and sometimes it Sounds good, out. but I mean, you look at the response we got for 86th Avenue. I live on that street. Uh, I didn't go up knocking on doors myself, but this is some you know, project's going to have a direct impact. It's going to affect where the garbage is going to be and your water supply right now. And what did we get? The second meeting, no one showed up other than myself. And I was there partly because I was a council, but I wanted to see what other people were saying, but there's no one show up. So I, again, I, it's nice to go through that, but there's a tremendous cost to getting everyone to show up and not the time of all. I just, to me, it's not worth it well, to have that. Let, let, let me put it this way. If you don't want to go, you don't have to go. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But again, you know, part of council goal, and, and how many expecting from an administration show up? You know, there's a cost to all that. Well, they're here tonight. And there's a cost to it, and they weren't. They didn't. They weren't participating in the first half, except for you've been pretty entertaining tonight so far. So, so just maybe are you envisioning a facilitated? No. Session that, that these we would facilitate it. Okay, so I would, I would start a dialogue between us and the residents and ask the residents for their pitches and their complaints. I guess I shouldn't use the word the B word, but uh, and if they want, they can give us uh, they can give us uh, 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 okays, uh, but also get them involved in okay, what's what, what do you want us to do for your neighborhood? And how, how can we make Peach River a better community and get a sense from, so the people that will show up will be, uh, be people that but, but will be- I, I'm running for re-election, so I'm okay, because you, you just, I'll, I'll show up. But I just want to know from a, I'm with Councilor Brewer, like how much, 
how much are we asking administration to do lots of work or do we see ourselves talking about budgets and strategic plans and in the future is that I, I would think they should talk about strategic plans, but what I would be looking at and suggesting is that like, there is some information that the public does need to know. Like, for example, we have a huge infrastructure deficit here. So that could, then we could have a little billboard that is there just talking about our infrastructure. So when, when people are asking about, you know, why are the taxes at the rate that they are, we have to come up with a long-term plan. So then if someone says, hey, look, I would like something that's just unusual in their community, and then you look at also you know, our, our infrastructure deficit, how much can we actually do in these communities? And it gives them a little educational component. So, okay, so, so I do believe it's an educational. So there will be some prep work there on There would be some prep work. Yeah. And it, it's nothing more than what we're doing anyway. In our thought time, uh, Councilor. Well, I, 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 I don't know about the small, like the Westbrook area. I, I guess it's well. I would have just lumped them all in with. with oh, West, Westbrook will be a prickly discussion. Yeah. Well, but we need to have those prickly discussions. Well, and, no, but I'm just. And the, but the thing about it is, we don't want the Westbrook people showing up at the Lower West uh, uh, Pines group and and taking it over. Okay, well, so we would hold it at the. Eco Center, the fire hall, or the we, Athabasca Hall? We could, but I think the bottom of the Athabasca Hall is pretty, uh, pretty exciting. And, and you think you're having all of them at the Athabasca Hall? Like uh, we, we could decide that on a case-by-case basis. Uh, if there's one that's more appropriate somewhere else. But Athabasca Hall is, is open, it's free of sexually. Uh, it's usually pretty nice on a May, May June day. And it's accessible to everybody, but but yeah, if there's like I when we did the neighborhood renewal up in uh, up in Saddleback and we held it at the fire hall, that was kind of cramped quarters. I, I don't think that went uh, that went pretty well. Staff was considering using that basketball hall for all of the the events. And one of the reasons also is just just. Because when you start to have them in different locations, and then you're trying to track down which one your location is going to, it, it, sometimes you'll lose some people. So we were thinking, the reason we were thinking of it, it's just that every event would be held there, there'll be one of these nights there, and you know, um, so I think it'd just be just easier for, for the public itself. I guess the other part of it, uh, I can think back to um, several emails from the Chamber of Commerce that were requesting a, a, a public lynching, I guess, at the Athabasca Hall. I'm not sure what they were requesting. But in any case, this is certainly a, a chance to meet uh, directly. So uh, whether you're a chamber member or resident, obviously, you can attend. So, um, I, I, so I like that idea. You certainly can put that offer back on the Chamber of Commerce. And, uh, uh, let's do this ourselves. Uh, Our, if we're going to have, a, if we're going to be lynched, I prefer we do it are, are the that we is this just an informal discussion where we're just, or is it is it something that's actually there's a presentation? 
we were thinking of something that would be very light. It, it wouldn't be a real heavy presentation, but we would have some information there. Just that, you know, if there are questions, there would be some billboards, and then there would be just a general, um, like a, a little questionnaire, very small survey. Because what uh, happens actually, if you have I a super long I, survey, yeah. you get a problem. Well, uh, yeah, um, I, I would see it being more interactive. I would see the trade show being a survey, although you probably want to make sure that only the piece referred residents put their stuff in the in the box. Yeah. But I see it being interactive and you'd have questions on on those large billboard things is what what do you want to see in your community? Uh, and and that even have a have people put stuff down there, have a discussion about it. But of course at the first part of the the uh, first part we need to kind of just open it up, an invitation, uh, talked about why we decided to have these meetings and, and that we're interested in getting their uh, people's feedback and uh, we're interested in knowing what, where the community wants to go in the next five, ten years. Yeah, like I, I just think we would have a better success if we were able to just do it as a drop-in type thing where people can they don't have to worry about being there right at seven and if they show up at seven fifteen they're not walking into the middle of a presentation or well that's that's exactly it yeah but i i would see how i do think we'd have to some type of an introduction uh, yeah an introduction okay yeah and then and have these well you know what i mean about these large full scout they're not full scout they're they're about a two feet wide, about three feet down. You can flip them over. What are, what are they? Whatever they call them. And you'd have a yeah, chart. Yeah. Flip chart. And then you'd have a question at the top. Yeah, flip chart. So, and the goal is to have these all done before the end of the the school year, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Because what we're concerned about is once you get into the summer, people are around and they start taking off, and you know, we're at that point we're starting to plan into the budget, budget. process. And, uh, so that's sort of how it's marketed is, is that this is sort of some pre-budget uh, community input on where they want to see the direction going for 2018? Yeah. Yes, okay. that's part of it. Well, okay. and the reality is, is even if none of, none of the council is returned, I think it's important that uh, administration is there and administration gets a sense from the general public about where they want to go and so they can help help build a strategic plan and they and an administration is actually bought in with the strategic plan so it isn't the mayor flogging them every month asking them where where we're at on the strategic plan so they will have hopefully uh, more buy-in value and uh, get a sense of where the community wants to go um, and if the community wants a second eye service or if we're getting a sense that you know what you guys are doing with the community center and and, and where you're at that that's perfect uh, uh, but we don't want to spend another 10 million dollars and all those kind of things so i have a couple more questions uh one is where would the report back be like if we get all this feedback then if i attend and i want to i would expect that there would be commitment from the town on such and such a date, whether it's September 1 or November 1st, that we would provide the feedback, the results of the survey. Um, secondly, if 
you know, we do have them in individual subdivisions. I live in the North End. I can't be there on Tuesday night when the North End knew it was. Can I show up on the Thursday night when you're talking to the people from from Lower West Peace and, and have a dialogue? Or are we going to be telling people, no, your night was Tuesday night. We're, we're not going to accept. Well, you, well, I can see why you're concerned about all the... Uh, the time and effort that goes into it because I certainly wasn't going to stand by the door and ask people what area of town they came from. Okay, but you so you, we have a general discussion and, you know, if people start asking questions, you know, about the North End and the, and the, the focus is someplace else, then are we not going to answer the questions then or, or are we just, I would assume that we would share what was shared with the other group or whatever there'd be some sort well, of we'd probably go if somebody came from the south end and was meeting about the north end and they said you know i'm in the south end and and i want to say want i want i want you guys to build a, a palace uh I, I want you to to build a residence for the mayor in, in the <laughs> south end and we we so we'd say you know that's 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 good we'll capture that we'll put it on the board and uh, and, and, and we'll just say we're we're here to look for ideas I think that's what we're here for what we're there for but I think a lot of the issues though are going to be there's going to be redundancy in the issues a lot of it's infrastructure right so it doesn't matter if you're north end south end Saddleback Shaftesbury it's still infrastructure. So maybe the specifics might be a little bit different, but I mean, if administration's there, they can still address it. We're not gonna tell people, hey, you know, we're not gonna answer your questions because you weren't here on your appropriate night. Yeah. I mean, there'll be some things I think that would be specific to a certain area, like the gravel trucks for Shaftesbury or whatever that may not apply to the North End. But I mean, a lot of it's gonna be redundant information, I think, where, where it'd be slightly tweaked for the neighborhood. The other thing that I worry this is kind of potentially sending missed messages. You know, I've bought into the the idea that you know there's a tremendous infrastructure deficit here. So we're going to out and talk to to residents. Say, well, what what would you like? We would like you know, a, you know, the two park at the ski hill. We think the town should pay for it. Those kinds of things. But but it's going to require the town to put in more money. Are we sending a you know a mixed message saying, well, we don't have money to do stuff, which we've done since we've done. There's lots of projects that we haven't been able to fund. And now we're out asking for so, stuff. So the fact that it's informal, I, I would expect you should feel, uh, well, certainly I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to say, okay, you, you want us to, uh, to, to put in a second chairlift. Uh, I, I would say, and how, how do you think, uh, what, how, how would you finance that? How, how would you as the town uh, finance that? Um, um, would you expect all of everybody's taxes to go up? I mean, this is an opportunity to educate people about how municipal government works. Agreed, but I think also too what it is, is is maybe we need to look at and see, you know, are our priorities aligned with the major feedback that we're getting from the community? And if they're not, then maybe council needs to sit down and say, look, we have a strategic plan that's not lining up with the feedback we're getting from the community. We're either going to plow through with our strategic plan regardless of that, or we're going to have to sit down and say, okay, something's got to come off the list because the town really wants the two park at the ski hill because it's an economic driver. What are we going to do about that? So I think that's where we're going to have to sit down and be prepared to take this feedback and do something with it that's valuable. And, and you get to share with people 
Uh, well, it's presuming that you you want to be uh, part of the council going forward. This is an opportunity to talk to people about what the town's long-term vision is. Uh, how how do we grow as a town? Uh, how we market ourselves? Do we do we see ourselves as as the oil and gas capital of northwestern Alberta, and and that's where our focus is, or do we see ourselves as our our number one uh, the way we're going to attract people and hold on to people uh, is we're we're going to be a family first uh, uh, community, and and we're going to put money towards uh, stuff that helps young families. And, and do, do, is the rest of the community bought into that? And that's why administration needs to be there in case none of you for Well, but the, the other good part is that if you Northern Sunrise County, you get elected by a you know, ward system. So what we're proposing here is townwide, and we all run as politicians townwide. So I. I think there's lots of value here. I, mean, I, I think it's great. I, I would just, uh, I presume in terms of informal or speaking time though, I mean, there's people around the table here that are got more information on the arena or whatever the project is. So I presume we would try and mix it up, but if it's one-on-one -on -one conversations then it's one-on-one -on -one conversations. Uh, uh, however, it, uh, I, I, yeah, I see a bit of both and I, I kind of see people filling out forms and maybe sitting back down and we we go through some of these yeah. flip charts and uh, somebody puts on the second uh, second chairlift and we uh, and we have a bit of a discussion about it as a as, as a group and say okay uh, I don't know who, who could I could I get some sense of who 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 uh, suggested this idea and, and why and uh, and then we maybe talk about how we uh, intend uh, how people vision envision uh, financing it and it also helps normalize other people's expectations because if if somebody wants a second ice service come hell or high water and you got 13 other people in the room saying you know. Uh, when I was when I was your age and I had kids your age, yeah, I was focused in on hockey and I thought that was my pension plan. But you know, I'm done with that. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to spend any more money on hockey hockey rinks and, and that sort of thing. So, so it gets a, other people get a sense of where uh, where the community is at too. If you're trying to get feedback, I always like the one where you give everybody nickel, a diamond, ten, three pennies, and then they get to go put them on the wall, you know, because then you can see where people really put priority, yeah. and everyone can spend their whole 18 cents on, on their uh, second night surface, or they can spread it out, or they can, you know. There's probably no more pennies left in town. Though. I've got a lot. I'll give them to you. Um, so, do we need to do, do we need a motion on this? I think we should make a motion to. Uh, to have administration proceed with developing a, a uh, developing or proceeding with the neighborhood neighborhood community uh, setting up uh, neighborhood community meetings. We should probably, if they, 
put together some type of a communications plan on how we're going to get the word out to on this because I mean Rod does make a good point these are only valuable if community actually comes right. out and attends them so that's where I was going to get my two bits and I'm always the one that's complaining about communication so um, I really like the, uh, the comment that uh, you came up with Mr. Parker whether it's door knocking um, advertising on social media ad in the paper radio whatever the case may be even putting a flyer on one of those hey you haven't paid your water bill yet and hang it on their front doorknob um, I think Adam can contest to this that the more the communication tools we use right now you might hit what for a percentage of people that reply 40 five more less I, I just of the total census population of the town yeah just take an average or they did that in '86. That more day, like they hunted. So that's that, that, that's my that's my whole point. So the more the more communication tools they do, whether it's door knocking, flyers, or whatever the case that may be, to get that message out there, the more people you may have turn up. And, and whatever communication tool we have to use, let's use it. You're you know many people are interested. Yeah, but you know but you you're not get the message out there. You're not being fair to the to to all the work that we did up front. So there, before that particular meeting, there were at least two others, if not three. And I attended the first two, one at the Baptist Church and one uh, in Athabasca Hall. And the whole, the whole damn neighborhood was, was in on those. So you could say no one showed up at the last one, but, you can, but what you could say is that's because we, uh, we, we did proper community consultation and we, we really uh, we, we got to the essence of the problem and they were satisfied with the solutions that we presented. So in the interest of time, can I put a motion on the table? Um, to direct administration to uh, develop a plan for um, community-focused meetings for input on uh, the Go Forward Plan for 2018 and a communications plan for how to get the message out and you put uh, any sort of community focused, put uh, community neighborhood. Neighborhood, right. Can we have a date by when we're going to have the first one? Uh, no, I think we should leave that up to have a discussion. I think, though, I, well, yeah, okay. Otherwise, yeah, I think we need to give them. Uh, we know what the target is for. We need, need to give them some rope to hang themselves with. Okay, all in favor? So we have a uh, two items here, a request for decision regarding Peace River Mutual Aid and with, that, that must be, oh okay, you've got three of them. And not three of them off in one quick go? Yeah. Well, three motions. Okay. Uh, the first one is the Peace Regional, Regional Mutual Aid Agreement. I apologize that it's Peace Regional, but that's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. Uh, it's an uh, agreement with six other municipalities in close proximity to Peace River. It's an agreement that's been in place for many years. Uh, it's recently been reviewed as per the terms of the contract and uh, just coming back for ratification. Yeah, there's no changes. No, I just tweaked a few things. Some uh, previous municipalities have now combined like within the counties. It used to be um, more villages and stuff. But it's, just if, if any one of the municipalities requires immediate assistance from another municipality. Okay. 
and this one right now, all the other municipalities have signed it, so we're the last ones right now. So why don't we also then go to the five and six, and then we can just do three motions right now. Uh, so the other one is the current agreement with the uh, fire services agreement with the county and all the lights um, is set to expire on March 31st, which is asking for an extension to June 30th to uh, complete negotiations. Up to June 30th. Up to June 30th. Yeah. Are you sure you don't need July 30th or August 31st? We're, we're pretty sure we should finish this off right now. We're pretty close to a deal right now. Okay. And the, they're both pretty well the same. Okay. Yeah, and then the last one is for the MD, the memorandum of agreement with uh, MD135. Okay, so I move three motions, Mr. Harrison's three motions. Uh, so you want to make that first one here? Actually, I put a motion on the floor, Your Worship, that uh, Council extend the current fire services agreement with the County of Northern Lights to June 30th, 2017. All right, there. Mr. Bird, you want to make I'll make a motion to uh, authorize administration to sign the Peace Regional Mutual Aid Agreement. Okay, all in favor? And Mr. I would put a motion on the floor, Your Worship, uh, to extend the current uh, memorandum, of, um, memorandum of agreement with the MD of Peace 135 to June the 30th. All in favor? And uh, number seven was a request for a decision. That's good enough, right, Tim? Yep. Uh, uh, number seven is a request for a decision on Northern Lakes College convocation. Uh, this is a high prairie. Uh, the mayor, uh, the mayor doesn't go outside the boundaries of uh, the, the tri-county area. So you didn't even go to it when it was in Peace River, Your Worship. No. <laughs> That's not. I I've, I've spoken at one of their events. I'm, I'm sure of it. Okay, so uh, I think uh, just a motion to accept your information. I'll make that motion, Your Worship. Okay, all in favor. Great. So um, what we're going to do is, um, I I think what we're going to do is uh, go and in camera deal with the in camera item uh is there anything you need from us brian before we go in camera so you got a week's worth of sound bites you don't need us You know, uh, yeah, you can, you can you go with, <laughs> you, you could speak with Mr. Will Stewart. The hipster in the crowd. <laughs> Great, so we'll just take a, uh, oh. Um, sorry, I was just going to, I know we're going to go into in-camera after the recess, so I just wanted to declare that I do have a conflict with that, so I'll be removing myself from that conversation. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so we'll 
great for about five five minutes. Okay.